0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe.
1: I'm my man chip, O's, man. I got this,
0: yeah.
2: And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. It's time to listen to Reese and Dan. On the
0: ankle pick pie.
2: Welcome back, Ankle Pickers. We're coming at you Thursday night before the biggest card, maybe ever. UFC 280. There's Danny. Danny went black for a second. He's back. What's up, Dan?
0: How are we doing? What up? What up?
2: We're hanging in there. What about you, Kobe? How we feeling?
1: So excited for this weekend.
2: So, for any of our regular listeners, they can already probably hear my voice that I am in shambles. I've been pretty sick this week.
0: Got not that COVID.
2: The, not the vid, just whatever the heck's going around, but to uh, save all your ears, you're not going to hear a ton of me. Definitely more on the on the dank wager side. So, let's start with a quick recap, and I mean quick. Uh, Grasso Rujo happened last week. I'm only going to make notes, and then if, if, if somehow my notes are not the bonus winners, then Country Club will chime in. So, Pete Rodriguez finished Mike Jackson. Mike Jackson, we better hopefully for his safety never see him again. Um, so, T- Tatsu- Tatsuro Tiara actually ended up arm barring CJ Vigara, which I did not see coming. Impressive win for him, remains undefeated.
1: 50K there.
2: So 50K there. 50K well deserved. Yo, Anderson Brito is just an absolute wrecking ball. And every second of every day, I get more and more sad that he dropped that fight to Bill Algeo that Dan and I had. I think that might be our only ankle lock loss or at
1: least from last season.
0: Was that last season? I I, I did last year.
1: Our only loss. This one was Bruno Silva. Oh yeah. Okay. But
2: he he's just a monster on the feet and on, on the bag. It's ridiculous. It's truly ridiculous. Um, but Lucas Alexander, I think, chose promise. Did Brito get money? Nope. Wow, that's some cheese. Uh, Malcoon held off Maximov, as per, as we all predicted. I know Danny and I were both on that side. Um, Shout
0: out to Orion Cozy. I, don't, I hope you didn't lose too much money on that. He probably did.
2: Uh, Mana Martinez split decision over Brendan Davis. So, Dan, I'm going to give you the floor for this one because you were on it the whole way. Yeah, you know, it. It was a
0: lot closer than I wanted it to be. I'm not going to lie, but the Mono Martinez side was the side. He had the two knockdowns. Um, he definitely was the better striker. But
1: where was stamina Mana Martinez? Like that was the guy that we were betting on. that he was Yeah, that call. third round.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that that is a really good question, Kobe, because I don't know. Mana's actually, like with all respects to that
2: team and Mana, like I don't, ever plan on
1: backing him again is all that's all. he's kind of a guy that can feast on some cheese
0: a little bit a little bit he, he's one of those guys that like Brendan Davis said, split
2: decision did your heart drop at all
0: a little bit when they read when they read Brent, brendan davis i didn't think he won that fight at all i i, I thought it wasn't a good Martin martinez performance but i didn't think it was split
2: i don't disagree with you i was a little shocked when they said split in the first place Lonzo Manyfield just dismantles Misha Sirkinov and Dan finally, finally, Misha Sirkinov will probably sail off into the sunset and we can be we can be done with this this garbage that is makes no sense. I still can't believe Jimmy Crute lost to this man. But Manyfield, I mean he's on a I little fight. bit of a run now.
1: I mean yeah, I wouldn't want to fight one knockout guy. or one his one decision to William Knight.
0: I wouldn't want to fight this guy. This guy's a menace. He's athletic as they come, and that's something we kind of already knew. I don't know if it taught me anything about Fortis, which is like the mm. biggest thing about Fortis that I've always been like, I, I I'm not I don't want to say I've always we've, been on this been or something. Competing. We've yeah, yeah, we've been lukewarm, we've been whatever, we've been fans of Fortis. It seems like they have a roster of really athletic dudes that love to fight, and Saif Saoud is a good game planner. But like, what did I learn? I did not I don't know. Like you said, I don't want to fight him. I'm not sitting here saying he's high level.
2: Yeah, I like, I, we cannot emphasize that enough, Alonzo. If you're listening, we do not want to fight you. You look great. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Misha, I think Misha's off into the sunset. I, and I want to see
0: Alonzo-, Honestly, Alonzo. If you're listening, take it up with Justin. The, don't take it up with me, take it up with Justin. Who the fucks Justin?
1: It- Hell, no. He'll know. He'll <laughs> know. Alonzo. Um, no.
2: but yeah so so misha hopefully in the sunset i want to see alonzo especially because he's on the wrong side of 30s closer to 35 if not already let's let's kind of fast track this kid a little bit dan one old guy came through the old gut feeling we had and that is rafael sunset however it broke one of my lays victor henry looked as bad as we thought and this is a lesson that we keep learning it's you sometimes there's opportunities in this game where someone who's not great is fighting another person who's either past their prime or not great, and the line is huge. Do not ever lay even if, even if he's better. Just don't lay the minus three hundred on someone who's trash. And we learned that the hard way. Sharps were all over it. It went from three hundred like four, ten, and it doesn't
0: matter. Trash is trash.
1: He Henry dropped from what fifteen in Tapology to twenty only. Really,
0: only twenty. Yeah. So I I, I remember I, us going through that list and being like, "This is weird. Look at all these guys behind him. Are there still just like a ton of names behind him?" Yeah, there are. What about, what about Kenny this? Casey Kenny behind
1: him. Honey Barcelos. What about this new Tony conspiracy? Paiva. New
2: new conspiracy theory. Victor Henry, part owner of Tapology. Thoughts.
1: He. Spot the mean maybe, maybe. Douglas, Silva, got... Draj.
2: So ankle lock, Dusko Todorovich wins in in horrifying but exciting fashion. First round, 10 8, Jordan Wright, I think, honestly, or damn close. I, I don't know ahead. what the
0: actual scorecards were. I, oh, I he hesitate to say
2: it, but it was not a good Dusko round. But what we, we thought,
0: knew he would be tough. But what
2: we thought was always going to happen was Jordan Wright was either going to finish him in two seconds, which wasn't going to happen or gas out and gas out. He did. And Dusko prevailed, even though Dusko was on his, he was burning fumes too. Um, but he, he ended up getting the K O KO T second round and Kobe, I'm actually going to kick it over to you because there's
1: some, there's some mix up going on in that ankle lock of the week challenge game. Yeah. Let's start here real quick. Fight of the night in this one, actually, Dusko and Jordan Wright both get 50 K. Okay. Um, so, yes, ankle lock, lock of the night. Um, Dusko minus 191. We move to 11 and 1 with another win. That's oh, wow. good enough for drum roll, please. First place in lock of the night challenge. Um, we are five units ahead of second place, 17 units ahead of third place, and 20 plus ahead of fourth place.
2: And we have no interest in slowing down. And if you follow along with us, as we applaud, and I know we get new listeners, we continue to beg, you're making money too. And it's a great day to be an ankle picker. I mean, that's really all there is to say about it. But so yeah, anyways, long story short, very happy to be back in the, in the win column. And by back, I mean, it's continuous, but to be in the one spot that we deserve. Um, Jonathan Martinez. Of the table. Jonathan Martinez. Leg kick KOT, K.O. Cub Swanson. Dan, you want to add anything? I know you were
0: I Yeah, I mean I, I thought the Cub would be a little bit more live of a dog but man, those those Martinez kicks are not to be looked past.
2: And then Alexa Gros- Martinez. Okay, and that was last bonus?
1: Yep, last bonus.
2: And then Alexa Grasso, Vivian Arujo. Uh, Grasso just does what Grasso does and kind of, I don't want to say coast because I don't want to be disrespectful, but Gets a unanimous decision in five rounds,
0: mm-hmm. and that first round was all action. I love that first round. Yeah, it was
2: great, and it wasn't. And coast wouldn't be a fair word to say. Ruzio got hers, but Carasso proved to be the victor, and and continues to be in that top five for that for that flyweight.
1: Not a successful women's dog night. 0 for two with both yeah. favorites winning, but uh, still up big. I'll update the numbers after the next one.
2: So the only thing that really matters is system. So, okay. So that's it for Arujo. excited and, and, and Grasso excited to put a pin in that one. And you know what,
0: you know what, our, our, our system isn't always going to be great. It sometimes is going to take a punch in the mouth. Reminds me of our sponsor for today's episode. Malort tastes like a punch in the mouth. It's, it's, it's actually a great fruit liqueur. I know that we talk a whole lot about it, but, um, they're, they're bringing our episodes to you. They're, uh. Sponsoring our content from the beginning, and um, I mean, we could not be more grateful. It's it's my first go to when I'm at whenever I'm at the bar and I find anyone that's like, you, you know how we always talk about we'll, we'll talk about some some AJ Dobson in a second. We we talked last last week about Dusko kind of having his chin up in the air and kind of asking for it. You can find those people out at the bar that they're just asking to be knocked out by a shot of a water. You know you know them when you see him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a great liqueur based on Chicago, Illinois. Aroma and full-body flavor of an unusual botanical. Try it straight. Take a shot and show off your Malort face. Its bitter taste is savored by two-fisted drinkers and two-fisted gamblers, too. So, shouts out, Malort.
1: Unusual botanicals it. is correct.
2: No, I love it. And and it's funny, too, because some people, so it, they get memed on for being this bad-tasting liqueur but what's so funny is some people have a taste aversion that think it's the world's greatest drink ever which it is and but i mean it I, is the world's greatest drink it is but I, i'll go to like a uh Binnie's and i remember i was like hey i got lord i was looking to send you two bottles and uh he was like oh lord's the best follow me and just brought me right there because he, he he goes it's my go-to drink of choice also a chicago and trick and you'll only learn this here um Malort is very good for upset stomach. So if you, you know, you've been drinking a little too much, you might've, you know, booted and rallied a little bit and you're, you're, your stomach's a little turd, but you're looking to still get a little bit turned, Pop back two or three shots of Malorty. Your stomach feels gold, but the party keeps on going. So good stuff there out of Jepson's. All right, now let's get to news and notes because my throat hurts. Attaboy, Kobe. <laughs> take, take, take the reins.
1: If that's not a transition, I don't know what is. Um... No more betting on the UFC for fighters. That was the big announcement of the week. We have, what, a player's conduct update, and we're no longer going to be seeing the fighters being able to bet on themselves, on over-unders. Nothing specifically stated about coaches. So I know that we've seen some coaches try to get action on there. Uh, Shout out James Krause. But, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll just open the floor up to you guys. Anything, takeaways there? I like it and I don't like it. Um, I like it because I've
2: always wondered why the UFC or MMA in general was the one sport that was so okay with this. But on the other side, I don't get why if someone was gonna bet on themselves, especially with the problem over fighter pay, I don't know why that would be an issue. Like, for example, if if Mohamed Mikhaev, Wants to put money on himself this week. He's only going to be getting paid 15k because he's a, a youngin. He wants to put the 15k on him. I I don't get as long as it's on okay, him. There, I get. You're,
1: you're right in sentiment, but there's wrinkles to that that become like the reason why you can't gamble on every other sport. Is because if he takes himself first round knockout, then he's selling out for first round knockout. Right. Like th- there's wrinkles if you if he says second round knockout, then he's not going the for over. Fight yeah. starts
0: round two. Right. There's too
1: many wrinkles to it. It's never made sense that it was legal in my eyes, but it was kind of a cool wrinkle, I guess. But no one's, like, I don't know. The guys that want to bet on themselves are still going to find a way to have somebody put a bet on them themselves.
2: Yes and no. If it risks your entire career. I mean, I guess the question is, what is what is this punishment going to be? I mean, ha, have they outlined it or are we just going to need to see it?
1: I heard they brought in outside counsel from Calvin Ridley to figure out the punishment.
2: Oh, God, poor Calvin. Yeah, he cost me so many leagues. I'm done with that clown. Um, Okay, well, that's – I mean, that's worth noting um, for sure, especially because of what we are. What else we got, boys?
1: Jack Shore, no longer a bantamweight. He announced on Instagram he's moving up to feather.
0: Mm. And he's a guy who – I mean, without really any evidence behind it, we've kind of all – thought those weight cuts were really brutal on him and, and and had to have affected his performance. I think that we'll see a lot better version of Jack at uh, 145.
2: And I agree. However, what do you think – how do you think it's going to affect his style? Because he's one of those guys who's grappled first all day. 45ers are much harder to get down. they got a much thicker base. I mean, it's a lot easier to grapple with a – I mean, I guess at the upper echelon, the Ricky Simones and Murad DeVosvilleis are hard, but think about the guys at 45, like trying to drag down a guy like, like, honestly, like Calvin Cater's a great example. He's a guy who's a striker and sure would have a good path to victory, but Cater's so much bigger than the people he's used to grappling. I think
0: the grappling pedigree at 135, like you just said there, is just that it much is. higher. It I think there, that Jack is. Shore is going to have some great success. So, Ricky Simone, like, is as tough as they come, yeah. but. um, he is he is
1: nonetheless uh, a rooting to get back on track um we had some kind of questionable news on it on twitter today bobby green was removed from the ranking pool but not cut he's kind of just serving a suspension from usada so yep. still part of the ufc just wanted to clarify that kind of no news is good news there um let's go on to fight announcements november 19th just a month from now my boy Jack della Madalena has got a fight. Finally, somebody's in there. Danny Roberts, how high yeah, is he it, that number?
0: Uh, I'm, I'm getting. I'm expecting a 300, three, two eight. Like that's bettable. Maybe I was bigger. kind of
1: expecting higher. Really,
2: uh, Danny Roberts. I know he's put on horrible performances, but he's not like a minus four hundred clip guy. You know what I mean? It's or also right hard up.
0: to set. It, it, it's also just hard to set a line. Um, for strikers, that that is like minus four or 500. It's, there's a lot of variance. It's weird. Yes, there is.
1: Um, we have officially, I know that we've talked about this in the past, but it's officially announced in the last week Yuri versus Glover at UFC 282. That's December 10th. That'll be for the light heavyweight strap.
2: The true headline that makes me absolutely love Yuri.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I didn't even mention this.
2: That dude's a fucking beast psychopath no
1: beast no psychopath i love i mean i'm i'm i love let's say the news he spent what 72 hours in a without food in a dark room just to try to correct to confront demons legend that's like straight
2: out of some key and peel legend and 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 i love the psychos because psychos are what get it done like the guy like honestly tony ferguson i know he's falling on hard times but back in the day it's like when he was on his 15 fight win streak or whatever, people are like, why are you backing Tony again? And it's because he's truly a so-
1: sociopath. And I love so sociopaths. This is this a is sidebar here. This is about a year back when we were talking about, we did the episode on futures, who's going to hold gold at each division at the end of this calendar year. Yeah. My whole argument for Yuri was, I think there's only going to be one light heavyweight strap fight in this year. And now we get one in the second, in the last pay-per-view, the second to last fight card of the year. Like, I, I I was so close to being right about there only being one fight and being able to bet Yuri at, like, a plus 240 number for only one fight. But. Alas. Alas. Say, alas, here we say. We're going to have to go 2-0 and this year for that one to pay off.
0: Which, Speaking of that, what, there's there's probably some good commentary in that episode about a guy, Islam Makachev.
1: We'll get there. I, I I mentioned to Reese, I think, maybe even pre-show, Ooh a week or two ago, but let's, we're going to have, we're going to have a recap of that episode. That's also next year's episode come, you know, the the month that we have off between December and January. Right on. Um, keeping it moving here. Lauren Murphy versus Jessica Andrade announced for UFC 283. That's January 21st in Rio for Andrade. And how,
0: Rio. how much, and how quick can I bet on Jessica?
1: What he said. Yeah. We've seen Lauren Murphy in these. Not like that, but but like you know, we always talk about how there's levels to this, and it's
2: like you saw Andrade against Shevchenko and you realize there's a level there. Andrade is that is that
0: level for everybody else, Kobe? I don't know if you have it it in, I don't know if you have it in front of you, Kobe. What was the injury or issue that had Andrade out of this fight that's supposed to be this weekend against Flareau? Uh, uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. Don't look at me. It could – I'm pretty sure that that was the initial fight scheduled. correct?
1: I think you're right. Um, Cancel about – oh, I don't know. I just see Andrade injury. I'm looking at tapology. We'll, we'll get the stats department on that one.
0: Oh, because it was initially UFC Paris. So Andrade forced out due to medical issues is the article that I have. So – from yeah, from the Paris card that eventually got moved In to In September.
1: This yeah. Got it. And then, then it got rescheduled to here. Wait, and then Poirot got rescheduled to here? But Andrade.
0: Chukagan stepped up for the Paris card, and that got moved to this card. Got it.
1: Sorry. All right. No problem. Never apologize. Um, we're into February now. February 4th, we got announced that UFC fight night the week prior to UFC 284 in Australia is going to be fight night Seoul Seoul South Korea. Uh, I just sounded like a jackass seal. Seoul Seoul South Korea, did, but I
2: didn't want to call you
1: out. Um, and a couple of fights announced on that one too. We have Dong Jung and Devin Clark that will likely be the co-main. We have Ji-young Kim against Mandy Bohm. and then we're expecting the headliner to be TKZ with an opponent not announced yet. When is this? February fourth, the week before UFC two eighty four. So, is a fight night? Fight night card, yeah.
0: Wow. Oh. Sorry, real quick. Back injury is what I'm seeing from from Sure Dog. That is the that is the most information I can get about okay. Jessica. Even our, li-
2: even our listeners stopped caring, Dan. <laughs> Dan's the only <laughs> one who cares about Andrade's whole injury. I got one. I got I'm one holding on to that
0: mojo autograph and draws card. You know, I'm Dude, all keyed in on her.
2: Sky's the <laughs> limit, baby. That thing's a first edition.
1: I have a out announcement that Reeses cares about.
2: Marab the is taking on
1: Al Jermaine Sterling at you. No, what is it? <laughs> Bobby Knox, Robert Whitaker, and Paula Costa at UFC 284, Perth, Australia. We kind of called it that he was going to be in stop. It. Giving Bobby these chumps. Every person, me, <laughs> Fanny. You're no. gonna get a good line on Whitaker in this one.
2: No, I'm not. Against Costa? Yes, Whitaker's gonna
1: smoke that fool. I no, know I'm it. You're gonna get a good line. I'm gonna get a good line.
2: I bet you Whitaker's gonna be minus more than 200.
1: No.
2: 100%. I don't know. I think that's a little steep, Reese. Nah.
0: You think, well, you think Costa's percent is percent more percent dangerous percent than there. like Cannoneer? It's gonna, it's gonna hover I, right at that 200. Costa's Mark, got this social presence. <laughs> Costa got that that Barbara
2: beat Costa. Whitaker styled on Vittori by the transitive property. Whitaker's going to shit on Costa. You
1: know that's not how this works. And all people... Like,
2: exactly how it
1: works. Fresh in mind is Paula Costa looking pretty good against Luke Rockhold who's another like... He did not look cool. good against Luke Rockhold. I know. And I'm not, not gonna look gonna look 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 good against Luke, Luke Rockhold. You're going to get a good You're number You're all there.
2: clowns. Set you the mean spread. Rockhold.
1: You're going to get a good number there. Luke Hochhold. Um, All right. Let's get to the nitty-gritty. We have... Some exciting fights this week. When can we take
2: Kobe? We used to need to build that bot out of code that scapes that scrapes when opening lines open, so we can take it. I'm waiting on that. The reason why I say that is because Dan, what was that one women's fight against Meatball Molly? The Air Blanchfield. When does that drop? Because it's in like
0: two weeks. That line has to be out. If we if we we need to okay, do two
2: eighty two. After news and notes. After and, and notes, Kobe, can you go line fishing for that? Because yeah. And, it, and if, I would, if Dan's okay with it, I would guess it now. Pin this clip later because I, I need it. to. I need to smash that Aaron Blanchfield.
1: All right.
0: I don't know. In the meantime, I, not not to get away from it, but we'll talk about it a little bit when we get to this uh, O'Malley fight. There's some weird line movement with the public liking some public figures and not some public fighters. But Who's the public? we'll talk about that. On, All right. On yeah. yeah on whatever. Now. Whatever. Whatever. Right, 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 right. Whatever. Sure,
1: um, well, sure. while you mention that fight. We had Dana confirm earlier this week that the winner of that Sean O'Malley-Piotr Jan fight is going to get the next title shot versus the winner of Aljo and TJ. He
0: didn't need to confirm shit for me. It's going to Where's be Piotr Murab? and he's going to get his strap back.
1: Where the fuck's Mirab? Mirab
2: Sandhagen. Pyotr's getting that's his
0: awesome. strap back.
2: Merab Sandhagen, that's what I want.
1: Um, And then the next piece of news from that same interview, Volk gets the next... Lightweight title shot confirmed against the winner of Islam and Chucky Owls, which by the way, no, mistake, sucks for Chucky Owls because he's going to lose this fight and then not be able to, I mean, I guess it's vacated, but he should still be able to defend it.
2: Well, yeah, that's the thing is like, technically it's vacated and you have to, but that's such a fucking, ah, that's a no, I, I agree. It, with
1: uh, so. I Chucky Owls has been such a good UFC you champion.
0: Don't, you don't need to tell us. You know, who's also been as good as, ever of a UFC champion is Alex Volkanovsky to the point where if you watched Embedded Episode 4, I literally just finished it before we got off here. Um, he's in Abu Dhabi training his ass off for no opponent. He's yeah, there no. as the backup fighter. He This is the second time that he's done this apparently. He was, he was uh, I think, in Vegas for, no, it wasn't Vegas, but for um, Edgar Holloway, he was a backup fighter without saying anything, without stirring any kind of noise. This is the second time he's gone he's, to a go. fight night trained his ass off with his whole team for a fight that may or may not happen. Probably won't happen. He deserves that super fight. If he's going, I agree. But, but Danny, you can't, you can't disagree
2: with me on the fact that they need to do a better job as the UFC of making sure that double champs defend both. It's not fair for lightweight and featherweight, the two best divisions to be held
0: up. That's all. I'm fine with that. If you want to have, a Max Holloway versus Ortega or Max Holloway versus. We we address this. Give give an interim belt. Yeah. It's fine. Right. Whatever.
2: Okay. I I don't want to get into our belts because then I'm going to start yelling and then I,
1: so let's keep going. All right. That was it for news and notes. Let's transition while we're talking about this week to this week, card of the year, card of the forever UFC 280, Abu Dhabi Saturday, December 22nd december heesh october 22nd early prelims 9 a.m central time main card 1 p.m central time weigh-ins are like right now this is gonna go live and wait we're uh, we're kind of midnight central time tonight so the night of the 20th 21st morning our weigh-ins that's exactly when this episode is going to drop tune in for weigh-ins that's what we got
2: or yeah, or at least just stay like alert on what the way in news is. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Is that it for news and notes?
1: That's it. We're 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 at this week. Let's do it.
2: Okay, let's do it. So partially because I'm so sick, I'm gonna give Danny, I'm gonna introduce things. Danny's gonna kind of break it down. If I disagree with Dan, you're gonna get my take. But if you wonder why this one's a little bit shorter, it's just because Dan's got enough knowledge for the both of us times two. Dan, Lena Landsberg, Carol Rosa. First prelim on the card. Taking place at 135. Carol Rosa's minus a whopping 325 plus 270 for Lena Landsberg. Line opened at 275 Carol Rosa and has come down. My question for you science or nothing?
0: That's nothing for me. I mean, I, I hate to tell you that. And I hate looking at a 400 woman's favorite and thinking, wow, that's a fair price because it never is. Um, but I, I won't be caught dead on the Lena Landsberg side. She's 40 years old. Uh, she's off a two-fight losing streak. And and her two wins previous are like mm, really not good for me. Um, I do think Carol Rose is just gonna kind of walk to a decision here. The loss to Sarah McMahon doesn't really worry me. Sarah McMahon's a really elite wrestler and um lena shouldn't have anything for carol here i I expect just a one-sided fight but i do think the over the decision no finish it's it's if you're if you're playing this it's rosa by decision but i'm not playing anything else
2: so this is a bad start for what i was hoping would be mainly danny talking because i actually respectfully disagree with you dan and i disagree with you on the fact that i think science could be a play here and the main reason why is because although Lena Landsberg is past that, or she's at that 40 hump, I was really impressed with the PNA Kianzad fight. Even though she lost it, she made it dirty, very bloody, got her elbows in, she's the elbow queen. The Sarah McMahon loss is bad, but then you can also go back one more fight or even two fights and see wins over Tanya Evinger, who was a big favorite there. And Macy and
0: Tanya is in 2019. Tanya Evinger was not Tanya Evinger. No, but she- what about Macy
2: Chiasen Tanya
0: right? Evinger was closer to January 6th riots. What, what, about,
2: what about Macy Trias in 26, 2019?
0: Either like mean. Macy's not been good at all.
2: Here's what, I've, here's what I'm gonna say. I've been following Lena Landsberg for a very long time, and I think that she's a live dog here. Could she lose? Yeah. Could she get smoked? Yeah. But I, I, think, I think she's a live dog here, and I think this it's is, worth a sprinkle.
1: This is most certainly the least exciting fight on this entire. i know, I'm sorry, so I, I don't want to spend to too much good. time. Um, just want to announce or reiterate: science does not come into play if this if this gets above minus 350.
2: Ooh, that is worth noting. I'm still playing it. Only go
1: right. where the favorites less than minus 350 is what science is technically. So,
2: all right, now that that crap's out of the way, this is where it starts to just run off the rails. Muhammad Makayev versus Malcolm Gordon at 125. Makayev is an unbettable, whopping minus 1150. Malcolm Gordon plus 750. Uh, Makayev opened at minus 700, has seen as high as minus 1600, which is ridiculous um but currently sits at 11:50 on dk dan my only angle here is makayev um by i like a double chance by finish or by or by sub or by kotkodq uh where's your head on this i think there's a gotta be a spot to play this no
0: so i i do have a spot on uh on this fight i was looking at thought i had written down sorry i'm i Got my plays written at the top of my sheet, and I thought that I had it written there. But um this under one and a half line I was seeing hovering right around uh even money. And the reason I'm so drawn to it is I think that there's a little bit of recency bias being that Charles Johnson was so hard to finish. And a guy like Malcolm Gordon is a guy who, when I went searching his name in my past fight notes, was in all caps highlighted red chinny chinny no durable not durable <sighs> like this guy is not going to survive two rounds makaev as much as he had trouble with charles johnson charles Johnson is a tough motherfucker yeah uh that's not mapping gordon here i like like you said one-way traffic mike mohammed mokaev is a I don't really care. really great prospect um I like the under one and a half. I like the inside the distance, like you said. Right. I don't. So we're, the-
2: we're, yeah, we're because inside the distance, Dan, two fifty. That's like not bad. Very playable.
0: You say plus two fifty,
2: minus two fifty on DK. Okay, but compared okay. to the minus eleven fifty, you can definitely.
0: Yeah. Um, how about an uh, even money under one and a half? He's
2: and then, then if gonna you want
0: there's smoke him.
2: If you also want to double chance it, and you can get if you do think it might go to a decision, which Danny and I both don't. You can also do like sub decision minus 300, something like that. So there's ways to play this one, but don't play straight. Uh, And I don't even know if it's worth adding to your lays. Armin Petrosian, AJ Dobson, 185. Petrosian minus 205. Dobson plus 175. This fight's actually very interesting. Line has not moved much. Dan, go ahead.
0: I like the Petrosian side. I think that this is the first time in his career that I've been really excited about his matchup um he's a guy who we've said in the past has made the transition over just from straight traditional kickboxing um and so kind of along with that he's naturally a terrific volume and distance striker he's got good proven professional cardio that comes with that kickboxing um he's improving a ton when it comes to mix, the mixed martial artist. he's got a great get-up game as an athlete i mean we saw him fight barello and Gregory Rodriguez, and and not spend too much time on his back, even though he was at a severe grappling disadvantage. Um, although Dobson is is very strong, I think he comes from like a weightlifting background. He's got big cardio problems that go along with that, and and for me, it's just he doesn't excel in wrestling enough to really impose any kind of stylistic threat to Armin, and I think that Armin's going to be able to land a lot and hurt him.
2: What's your thoughts on a potential submission uh, on the Dobson side? That was the route to victory I saw as potential. Um,
0: Dobson yeah. got a, a good submission in, in his contender series. he got point, a couple in his
2: career. I think he's got three KOTKOs, three submissions. Um, I
0: don't see him so much as a submission threat. I'm going to be okay. honest. Uh, I know he got the rear naked in his contender series. Um, I, I just don't really think he's going to – to be honest, I don't think he's going to spend too much time on the ground. Armin's yeah. shown that plus his get-up game is good and his takedown defense is improving, and so I, I think that he's he's learned at this point. Let's not spend my ass. Let's not get on the mat, and then I'll, I'll be okay.
2: I don't. Yeah, I thought it was going to the Lions plus plus twelve hundred on a sub. So if you're really drunk, you can sprinkle it. But I think Dan's probably right on that Petrosian side. Abubakar Nigmatov. Although I know everyone's going to think this is going to be a wrestle fuck match, it's actually not a, a striker in his own right against Godzi Omar G- Omar, Gadziyev. Giza- and I've said it a million times. I know this prospect still fucks me
0: up. Omar Gadziyev. And honestly, Godzi is the bigger wrestling threat for me, even even though he's No, he,
2: I agree he with you. Uh, Abubakar sits at minus 165, Godzi plus 140. Uh, Abubakar opened at minus 180 and, and as, and it was flat, but really recently um, as of December set or October 17th is when it really started to take off and move in the other direction. So um, just a couple days ago
0: now. It's hard because, I mean, you talk about the Nurmagomedov clan, uh, Khabib, Usman, Umar, abubakar obviously who we're talking about i don't know if i'm forgetting anything but th- there's something like a hundred three and one and it's because abubakar is 16 three and one and all the others are like 29 and 0 20 and 0 18 and 0 19 and 0 he's the only one of the entire clan that has a loss and a draw and he's got three losses and a draw so that that'll show you kind of his separation from, from what that last name really means in this sport. And I do think that inherently there's some overvaluing on his last name. So I, I, I'm going to pass on this fight. I do think he's going to win the fight. I'm a, I'm not a huge Godzi fan. I thought he was super undersized for middleweight down at welterweight. I think he's gonna be a little bit better, but it's not like, I think he's, elite by any means um i I think abubakar did i drop did i drop out
2: no 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 you're good i was
0: saying i i see it very similarly sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you no worries no worries i I, we're all good but yeah i I don't see myself being on either side of this it's a kind of a wouldn't touch it with a 10-foot pole for me but i yeah abubakar has been so inconsistent I cannot put my money behind him besides his last name. Although I would put too much money behind any of his cousins or brothers. I love all of it.
2: Um, I also am curious to see what God's looks like at 70 on the scales, which I know we were just talking about weigh-ins, but that's a big aspect before you place a bet here.
0: I so, think he's like so comfortable. He looked terrible. I, I, I know, he looked, he looked horrible.
2: horrible. Yeah. He looked bad. He was just undersized. And, mm-hmm. and, A lot of like figuring out your place in the MMA world is figuring out where your exact weight class is. I mean, it took RDA fucking
0: forever. Look at a guy like Dan Hooker, yeah, or or Gilbert Gilbert, Burns on the other end of that, getting knocked out by Dan
2: Hooker. I don't even know. Yeah, seriously, it's fucked. It's weird because you would think that size would matter if you go down, but if you go down too far, you sacrifice a bunch. If you go up too much, it's it's a wild aspect to a, a sport that's already complex as shit. Zubayr Tukagov... Shouts out
0: Poha Burns,
2: though. Poha! I love Gilbert. Uh, Zubair Tukagov versus Lucas Almeida at 145. Um, Tukagov is minus 165. Almeida plus 140. The line opened at Tukagov plus 130 and basically just flopped on its head and then ran even farther. Um, a lot of the line movement, though, Dan, happened instantaneously. So it opened on the 21st and by the 23rd it already flipped on its head so um sharps hit this hard on the tuku golf side and has plateaued
0: since and tuku guys tuku golf has been a guy i am i've been all over for a couple of years um that being said he hasn't looked really really that incredible uh the split decision versus laurel murphy murphy was awesome kevin aguilar dismantling um but then the split decision of Kim to do. i did think he won that fight but that was not the performance i expected and, he, and they didn't follow it up so much with a better or uh beat the brace off ricardo ramos he is out of that khabib camp um he's not like a, a born dagestani i think he's chechen and and whatever um is training with them now. So he's a, a little bit of a transplant. He's not so much like Islam or, or like any of the Nurmagomedov clan where they grew up from like age two training with Abdul Manop wrestling bears and whatnot. But he is part of that camp. Um, to me, he's not like, as of what I was just kind of getting to, he's not the cream of the crop when it comes to wrestling there. He never really has. been. Um, he's definitely the better mixed martial artist than Lucas Almeida when it comes to really putting everything together. But he's been inconsistent. He's had bad output at times. Um, I do think that Almeida is going to try and bring it to him. Almeida is a power puncher. He's got decent combos. He's, he's going to look for Tugugov's chin. And I think Tugugov's going to – it's going to take all, all he's got to win that three-round all 15 minutes. I don't think either guy is going to get the finish. I like the over if, if it's decent amounts or if it's a decent number. Um Tuku has been a guy that I've been all over and I'm staying away from is what I'm trying to get at.
2: So the over is two and a half minus 195, which is pretty whopping. Yeah. I won't touch him. FICO's decision is minus 150.
0: Vegas is in alignment with me. There, it should hit the scorecards. I do think Tukugov's gonna be the more impressive fighter over 15 minutes just because he has more tools in the tool belt but It's not a line I'm excited to play.
2: Yeah, if you have a strong feeling on one of these two for the listeners, take a look at that by decision, see if there's value there as opposed to the regular line. Vulcan Ozdemir, Nikita Krylov, very, very, very interesting fight here. 175 in favor of Krylov, plus 150 for Vulcan Ozdemir. Um, not a lot of line movement, and opened at 188.
0: This is one that I've had a really tough time with. And I, I ultimately came up with a pass, which is very unexciting. But um, the reason I had so much time with it is because the eye test and what I was seeing on paper were so different. And what I mean by that is you look at Nikita Krylov, and he's a guy who went out and beat Magomed Ankalaev in that first round, both striking and grappling looked absolutely phenomenal uh debatably beat glover Teixeira as well and has gone out since and and like you look at both of their paul craig fights i'm more impressed by the krylov one even though he lost and ikliev won krylov was like basketball bouncing off the mat his head and he was waking him up with some and then ended up getting caught on paper i th- or not on paper on the eye test, Krylov, to me, looks like the way more dangerous, way better fighter at this point in their careers, looks elite. While Vulcan, who is coming from a kickboxing background, is a good striker, um, has been spending his last, like, three full fights, everything since the Jerry Prozka fight, working on takedown defense for the Magomed and Goliath fight and then for the Paul Craig fight. And you saw his refusal, refusal to go to the mat uh, with Paul Craig, which ended up getting in the win that Krylov couldn't do. And on paper, you look at his his takedown defense and it's some of the best in the UFC. It's something like 85%. Or, I, I mean, I'm making that number up, but I was looking at it earlier and it was higher than I expected is all I'm trying to say. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's a situation where I think that Krylov is the way more complete martial artist, the way more dangerous fighter, has way more tools in his tool belt. But if Vulcan can stuff the takedowns, Vulcan's the better striker. And if if it becomes that simple, it's Vulcan's fight.
2: See, it's interesting because I I don't want to give the edge to Krylov on the feet. Vulcan's phenomenal on the feet. But I think that Krylov is not that far behind, if not on par. And I think that Krylov's versatility makes him dangerous. Um, And I think that if Krylov's in a situation where he can't get subbed, I think he fares okay. Um, I kind of like the over, Dan. Over one and a half minus uh, 150. Does that sound like something that? Yeah, I think that. Because I I can see these guys feeling each other out a little bit, maybe a little bit grappling. Um, But yeah, I I think if you're going to pick a side, it's hard. I'm on a pass.
0: Do you think so? Do you think that? any of the Gustafson results with Krylov, just him bum-rushing, knowing he's levels, levels ahead of this 40-year-old Gustafson and taking him out quick, has any kind of baked, is that baked into the life? Do you think we're getting value of that over because of that?
2: I don't think so. Partially because, or, or oh, on the over, maybe, maybe. Um, I think people are looking past what Krylov, the Krylov of old, and looking at his most recent outcomes. Because when you look at his UFC career, um, he, Glover decision, Johnny Walker decision, Uncle i decision. decision. Um, but it's, I mean, he, he not to get
0: himself. too, not to get too bogged down on the Krylov record, but if that Paul Craig is flipped and one of the many knockout blows that Paul Craig woke up from gets called, Krylov's only losses are, Tashera, Blahovic, and Hank Lyon, Three guys who are no, number just, one, two, three in the division.
2: Krylov is immensely talented. I cannot express that one enough. Mahmoud Muradov taking on Kyle Borello, Brio, at 185. Um, and Brio is, where the F is this thing? Oh, yeah, he's minus 205. Mahmoud Muradov plus 175. Lined open, Dan at KO minus two hundred. Went steep in the opposite direction. And then came back. So I get open minus two hundred. Went to two seventy almost instantly, and then it's just slowly teetered back to where it started um, at two oh five here. I, I know that you were kind of a fan of Machmood, and then you just completely sold all your shares in Machmood after that Mirror chart, which I don't disagree with. It was really bad. Um, And he takes on one of, I know, Kobe's favorite fighters and Kyle Barayo. Um, What's your thoughts here?
0: This is a tough one for me. I'm going to be honest. And it should be easier the way that you laid it out. There are probably some lingering stocks or some lingering brain cells that still think Makum Bird uh, has a lot of talent. And the funny thing is, the way you said it, I do think that if we're getting a mock mood off of just a super long layoff, had he not taken the GM three fight it is probably pretty close to even. I, I Man. don't, I don't disagree. Yeah. I really maybe, don't. Maybe I, even mock mood is, is a favorite and Machmood didn't win that first round. To, yeah.
2: It's definitely closer to even, but the thing that bothers me and I'm curious if you see it similarly is I don't think mock moods ever, faced anyone close to the, to as dangerous and aggressive as Kayo. Definitely um, I mean, not. Like Andrew Sanchez isn't, an, it's not a bad win by any means. Um, but I mean, it's, it's, he's not on the, on the levels of Kayo. And then you look at Trevor Smith, that's nothing to me. Kirko, no big deal at all either. And so there's some inactivity here. And then there's also a, a resume gap. But at, at plus 200, you can say the same thing on the flip side, where Kyle was on contender series, didn't do enough. Gets another shot at contender series, does enough. Um, but again, he's facing a contender series guy. And then he comes in, faced a horrible-looking Godzi, and then who Petrosian. Was way was,
0: undersized. Right. right. And it and it looked Petrosian looked like was who was first. hand-picked, who has no grappling skills.
2: Yeah, pretty much, Yeah. And so I, I, I wonder if the line is justifiable. And
0: it goes back violent. to your, um, what was it? I'm, I'm blanking now. Who, who fought uh, Sun Tso last week? Victor Henry. Oh, Victor Henry, yeah. It goes back to your Victor Henry point of, we know that we're excited about Chau Borello. He's very, he's a very great, super smart fighter, decent karate striker um great jits great back takes we we know there's a lot to be excited about he is green and and he hasn't faced the guy like Murdov the same way that Murdov hasn't faced a guy like him and I think that the lines should be closer to even I really do I'm not playing Murdov at this point in time I'm struggling not to play him I, I really think that he could shut up a lot of people and that the three-minute stretch of his life goes different. He's a favorite.
2: This this makes me so happy because I also wanted to find myself on Muradov, and I thought you were gonna just absolutely shut
0: me up on it. Um, I'm a big I'm a big Ohio fan. I'm, I'm yeah, big, me too. Big. It there's a lot of times where you got prospect versus prospect, and it should be lined so, and this is lined as a I, I've made it, and you haven't look at my two wins versus lackluster competition. Yep. Very accurate. Prelim
2: main event here. And this is ridiculous. This is a fight night header every single time Bilal Muhammad taking on Sean Brady, the undefeated four verse 10 props to below no matter how this outcome is for signing the dot here too. He has not much to gain four verse 10, a lot to lose. He's a dog for taking this. Um, If you have a conviction on either side, I suggest you play it. The line is close. Uh, Sean Brady minus 140, Bilal Muhammad plus 120. Sean Brady opened at plus 190, Bilal Muhammad minus 225, and has just been smashed. So there's no value left or no juice to be squeezed. Here's the thing, Dan. I think that the way this fight plays out, we've said this before, is if you are on the side of Bilal, and he wins, you can go back and be like, look, I got him at plus 120 here. People are going to be like, oh my God. But if you're on the Sean, side of Sean Brady and he wins, you can say the same thing. Oh my, look at that. I got him at 140. Like, can you believe that? The question is, which side's right? Because it, it, before, without hindsight being 2020, it was a really hard fight to pick. Uh, but both of these guys never see these types of lines. Uh, you never see Brady at my only minus 140 and you you I mean see below where he's at with his most recent performances outside of his fight with Leon, you're not gonna see him plus 120 either um so where where do you f- find yourself because this is a tough one
0: so this actually brings me to my first bet of the night okay and it, it like you said I don't think I got the best value in terms of where the line has moved where it opened and and where i'm i'm Throwing my pin in. But I've actually, I'm going to tell you, I've I've got something around 15 units of bets uh, upcoming on the the next couple of fights. And this is the beginning. I've got one and a half unit on Bilal Muhammad plus 120. Okay. And like you said, he's not the most athletic. He doesn't have the most, he doesn't have flashy power. Um, He's not some crazy dynamic striker but he has shown us that his ability to game plan and his ability to put himself in positions to win constantly. And and at all points in his fight is almost second to none. He's adapted this weaponizing cardio strategy that we've seen work really, really well at Welterweight. I mean, we talk about Colby and Kamaru all the fucking time as the the gold standard where the bar is set. They weaponize their cardio. They weaponize their wrestling. What has Bilal Muhammad come out and done? Obviously, that's going to be way harder against a guy like Sean Brady, who is as good of a grappler as anyone, maybe, in this division on paper. Um, I just think Bilal is a much more complete martial artist. I think that if we're in a matchup where both guys have cardio for days, and I'm not sure that Sean Brady has cardio for days. I know that Bilal Muhammad does. And we're stuck in a position where they're on their feet. Bilal Muhammad's the guy on the feet that I want. Bilal Muhammad's the cardio edge that I want. Bilal Muhammad has taken this fight so seriously. Everyone who's like out of town, guys, obviously the Dagestani team and and all of who's everyone who's already on that side of the world is there. Everyone else has gotten there maybe four, five, six days ago. Bilal Muhammad's been there for thirty five days. He joined Team Khabib. He's got Khabib in his corner. He said huh, welterweights that are short, stocky, and have crazy pressure wrestling. Who can prepare me for that? There aren't a ton of short, no, stocky no. welterweights that you can just call on that are just maybe available, that maybe are training guys for this fight. What about a guy, a UFC Hall of Famer, and Habib Nurmagomedov?
2: Well, I mean, he's done everything he possibly can to set himself up as... To be successful in this fight. The problem oh, is really?
0: does it matter? I mean, is you no, know, it, it, it might not. Really that bad. that Enzo Gracie Philly gym. We talk a whole lot about it. It gets yeah. me excited, even just mentioning it. They're doing some unbelievable stuff. They really, really, I really just talk think about it. I think the experience ballal side, the cardio Balal side, the striking Balal side, the the optics of who's gonna be on the front foot versus back foot balal side. I'm having trouble looking at a 50-50 fight at best and not taking a dog because I think that Bilal should be a favorite.
1: He was a favorite. He was a 200 Big, favorite. That company.
2: massive. And and you're basically getting a guy that Vegas believes should be minus 200. Wait, I,
0: I misunderstood you. I thought that it I thought it opened at 200. I thought I could have gotten plus 190 on Bilal. Nope. Plus 190 on Brady. Yeah. They okay. So my friend, I'm, I'm sorry. I, my, my introduction into that rant was wrong, but, but I'm at a
2: last. Yeah.
0: Big Bilal Muhammad fan at this plus one tenth, 20 price. It's not attractive. It's not pretty. He's not going to go out there with the spinning back kick and get you your money in 30 seconds. It's going to be a grind when was the last time someone took down with ease Vicente Luque and with ease Wonderboy? Because I've never seen it. He's showing me new stuff, and then he's going and taking this stuff seriously? Like, me some Bilal Muhammad.
2: Yeah, I'm, I, I think – I think – I'm not going to – I don't disagree with you, but I don't agree with you. I, I don't – I do think Bilal Muhammad could be a great bet. I'm not confident enough to actually place it. So
0: I'm just staying away entirely. Side note, really interested to see how Felder calls this fight. Having, uh, being a Philly guy, training with John Brady, uh, when Sean Brady's an amateur, but also being a Duke Rufus guy and spending a lot of time with Bala Muhammad and being a former teammate of him. And so I'm just just curious. Yeah, it'll
1: be interesting. It might be a time my, time real, my real question is if Sean Brady is a fight milk guy.
2: He is a fight milk guy. It's the only way he can make weight.
0: Um, Guaranteed.
2: <laughs> so that's it for the prelims um let's hit this main card uh ufc 280 kobe can you go over times again for prelims and main
1: card just so people don't miss out we're on central time pre earlier i'm sorry early prelims 9 a.m or and that's central time again main card 1 p.m central time okay okay
2: so Okay, so you got it. You got, you got an earlier card, so everyone needs to be ready because if you miss this, you'll actually... in
1: and your coffee.
0: Yep, a little... Proper 12. Proper 12. Malort. <laughs> Malort. What are we talking about? Two-fisted drinkers, the unusual botanical, Malort, Jepson's. Get it at your local liquor store. Buy it That's for fair. a friend. Bet it on a fight.
2: This is Number the main one. card brought to you by Jepson's Malort. Um, Caitlin Jukakian versus Manyan Faro at 125. Caitlin Jukakian is plus 175 here. Mana Fawa minus 205. Line opened at 175. So it's kind of been beaten around a little bit. Um, I mean, stylistically, this is going to be an incredible fight. They're both so on par with each other um but i'm passing dan on all and that's all i mean i i gotta pass here i just don't see a big enough edge at that line
0: i i'm with you um like we like to say experience is the currency of this fight chuk is as experienced as they come she's an expert at winning rounds uh with her striking with her output with her Forward pressure, um, you kind of have to match or out, output Chukagian to have a chance against her. And I think that Foirot is very capable of that. I think that it is a little bit of a changing of the guard. We've talked about how much we respect this new uh, regime with Foirot and Blanchfield and all, all these great women coming up. And I do think that Chukagian is kind of holding on to the to the old guard, that being said she's she's Shukage. Right. we're in a 15 minute woman's fight and she's a dog yeah it's she's hard as live to... of a dog as anyone on the
2: card especially in a fight that i think for her she's
0: giddy about she's loving mm-hmm. that fight um so right, she mentioned it this week she said uh because of who i am because of what i've done in this sport i've been in a lot of fights where if someone beats me they're getting a title fight guaranteed and that's not always the case for me but she's on and she's got herself a nice streak she thinks that she's with a win got a guaranteed title shot and um i think that that's pretty motivating if you're a fighter especially a fighter that's as experienced as we said as knowledgeable like a veteran in this game she knows when it matters she knows when it's big yes she
2: does and she couldn't draw a better opponent as far as styles go. But Banal Dariush takes on Mateusz Gamrat at 155. Just a, some. I mean, I think the average Joe will has no idea how amazing of the fight this is, but if you know, you know. Uh Mateus Gamrat, minus 190, Benal Dariush plus 160, opened at minus 155 for Gamrat. I I think Dan.
0: Just yesterday what, you could get 180. I just want to tell you that
2: I just don't know what I think because Mateos is coming off the Armin fight, which puts his stock as high as ever. But you have to remember that Dariush was lined up to fight Islam and was a fight away from the from the belt, and was beating up on 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 on. Good opponents in Tony Ferguson, which obviously is a
0: good opponents.
2: Lee and Diego Fiera, yeah. um
0: I remember. I, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you what I remember, and particularly why I remember it is, Darius pulled out of that fight. I think because he like broke his ankle or something. No, no he it had it was a significant
2: injury. He had a significant injury. Yeah, he had to have surgery. It was fucked.
0: And it, surgery on his ankle. Yeah, we have not seen him since. That's not even where my points at, uh, before that he was a stocky guy who had surprising athleticism and power. Great grappler, really phenomenal grappler was winning that, uh, CDF fight because he had the back take was dominating Tony Ferguson on the ground. Something we do not see ever. Obviously it's Tony Ferguson post the Gaethje fight, not Tony Ferguson pre Gaethje fight, which is a, a different Tony, um, I'm a big Darius fan. This is, this is a guy I've made a lot of money backing. He's on a great win streak. But he's never been on the same level, these other lightweight contenders. And I really don't, I, I really don't believe he ever has. Even in that uh, Holtzman fight, I think he was like a minus 180 favorite. We were doing this Not episode. Valuable, yeah. I, had him, I had him as my ankle lock. And I remember sitting there in that week thinking like, oh, Darius, like he might be past his prime. He could get tagged. Darius might not be durable. Darius is fighting one of the like pillar holders, the the flag bearers, the, the torch bearers of this new lightweight takeover. And lightweight has always been the most talented division um, in this. thirty five, Right. It, it is a constant takeover, definitely. Um, but we've got this generation coming in of guys that are unbelievably scary really really scary guys Fiziev, armin matush we're gonna talk about um islam in a second i mean it's 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 really really scary how good these guys are and matush is a, is a student of the game you hear people like kayla harrison talking about that her that you hear people like kayla harrison talking about him as main training partners, teaching them about leg lock defense—something he's never even shown in the octagon. Can you imagine if we just get like a Matouche leg lock masterclass against Darius? It's possible. We all, we know it's possible against the best in the world. Darius
2: is so deadly, though. I, I I know it's possible, but it's hard to also see happening. You know,
0: I just I think that I'm looking at these last Darius fights. And he's relying on his takedowns. He's not going to be on top of Matush. Matush's high single leg that he was going on Armin for like 15, 16 shots. Putting that leg above his shoulder is going to put Darius on his back a couple different times. And I just don't see a situation where Darius lands on top and stays there because Armin couldn't. Armin shot 21 times. That's a stat I've written down in my notes. Armand shot 21 times against Matush Ridiculous! It's wild. It's ridiculous. I'm it's really high on Matouche. I'm, I'm really high on Matouche. I've got a three-unit bet at minus 180. Like I said, you could grab it yesterday. Um, I'm seeing a 185 over at Bet, which I'm not super familiar with. But like Reese said, it's 190 most places. Yep.
2: So somehow that isn't the best fight by a million miles on this card. Piotr Jan taking on Sugar O'Malley at 135. um, And Peter Jan minus 265, O'Malley plus 225. Lined opened at minus 250. Saw as high as minus like 400 and has just been tapering down ever since.
0: um, And And I mentioned that on, on the news and notes. The line movement here is weird, and I jumped on. Maybe I jumped on a little too early, but I jumped on just last night. For my biggest bet in the recorded history of the show. Oh, boy. Seven and a half units on Piotr Jan at minus 250. I've long said that Piotr Jan is the best Bantamweight alive. I stand by that. The quotes that came out of the O'Malley camp and the Piotr Jan camp this week not even about the fight about the negotiation had me so confident neither guy thought the other would accept the fight for completely obvious different reasons Uh, O'Malley said that he was trolling when he he offered it to Piotr thinking he would never accept a number a double digit seed versus the number one contender in the world and Piotr said O'Malley's never going to fight me because I'll kick his fucking ass (laughs) And now we've got a situation where all of these Twitch streamer fans, all of these merch buyers of Sean O'Malley, who's vocally said, I'm not here to win titles. I'm here. I'm a UFC fighter to sell merch. They're steaming the Sean O'Malley side. And we're getting fight week a 400 line go to 250. Piotr Jan is going to murder him. Even all these I do see a lot of takes being like, Oh, yeah, we've got Piotr Young, who's a slow starter. He likes to get reads on his opponents for the first round and then and then figure it out from there. I mean, it was kind of true versus uh he, he did take the first round off versus Aljo. That that's whatever. Um, San Hagen, people are saying it's the same thing. Learn
2: from that though.
0: Yeah. You know, I don't see a situation where Piotr loses. Two rounds in this fight. I really oh, don't. And I'll eat all these words. I expect multiple takedowns from him. I think if there, if you've got some kind of uh player prop or whatever on on over under takedowns, Piotr Jan is going to show that he is not just a boxer. And for some reason, people are thinking that he can't grapple. I, I usually have to sit here and defend Sean O'Malley's grappling, but it's not like your jujitsu doesn't matter when you're being ragged out. And do y'all remember that first Aljo fight? When Piotr was just throwing him around, that's what I expect this one to be. I really do.
2: I hope you're right, because I will also find myself sizably
1: on the side of Piotr. Komain, Al Joe. I got one one more thing to add. Go for it, country. Kind of to Danny's point of Sean O'Malley like almost taking this fight to troll. Even in the press conferences today and yesterday, I don't remember what day, whatever. He was like not really even pushing him back against Jan's smack talk. Like, oh, I saw that. It, it, it was like he what Jan called him like a he looks like a hooker on the street or something. And Sean's like, yeah, that was good. I got nothing for him. Yeah, like it, it's almost like he's got one foot out of this one already. It's so the opposite of what Sean O'Malley has been.
0: It's. I think this is the first time he's ever saw an opponent where he truly doesn't think he's better than. And then part of being a fighter and being at the elite level is is knowing that you can beat anyone on any good day. And Sean O'Malley is a guy I've backed a ton in the past. Really, really high level. Really creative. A really sharp, really accurate, really technically impressive striker. Usually couples that with some really high output. That's a great formula. Incredible formula. And I talk about his underrated uh, grappling. That seems like a perfect formula. Too bad you're fighting the best guy in your division at the, in the world.
1: I know that this one ended in kind of a fluke, but where were you on Cheeto versus Sean O'Malley then?
0: I, I was on Sean O'Malley, and I, and I I do think that the I like obviously I say a lot about this fight, and I have a lot to say. I have more to say, even the more that's recorded. Um, but this narrative about Sean having weak legs is weird to me. I think that Cheeto found a, like a, a perfect spot. You look at the Tot fight, and it's less so that Tot kicked out his legs, and more so that Sean O'Malley was kicking his freaking head so much that his feet hurt. It's like. I just don't see him having weak legs, but I do see Piotr being able to take advantage wherever this fight goes.
2: I don't disagree. I really do see this as a one-sided altercation. The only thing that I do worry about is the reach. H- how do you think Piotr is going to be able to stand that on the feet? I mean,
0: there's a size. So where, where does where does Sean and uh, reach relate to Corey Sand?
1: Thank you for listening to Believe.